Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm Amanda, your host of today's show, and I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina, as well as Director of Operations and Communications, Rachel. Today, we'll be discussing how we use social media and what we should watch out for. Rachel, I'd like to ask you the first question. What are good uses for social media? Thanks, Amanda. What are the good are some good uses for social media? God, there's there's so much that social media can be used. Um, obviously, its main intention seems to be uh, being able to connect with people, people that you know from the outside world, or making new connections with people that you haven't met in person before. And that's, I mean, it does an amazing job at that. Of course, you can speak with anyone, anywhere, and it's just it's amazing how small it can make the world. You know, you can talk to uh, people from all walks of life, from all kinds of places, and it's just incredible. Um, So obviously, with that, it's a really good way to stay up to date with your friends. You know, the friends that you may not be able to see all the time or talk to every day. You're still being able to keep tabs on the kinds of life that they're living, um, what their major accomplishments are, so you can have a chance to jump in and say, hey, well done, that was great work, good job getting that promotion, getting that job, getting married, having a baby, whatever it may be, good for you, and I'm so happy to see that you're happy. And that's another great way to use social media. But social media is also a great way for, to exchange other kinds of thoughts and ideas. It's an amazing way to um, transfer knowledge and exchange knowledge you see a lot of um, revolutions or movements or protests being being coordinated through social media. Um, one of the major examples of that was the Arab Spring in um, the, at the beginning of this decade. And that was pretty much organized through Twitter and Facebook. And it's amazing to see how social media can be used in those ways to be able to create a change in the real world that a real tangible change and that's just incredible social media is also a great way to stay up to date on the news and um what's going on in the world around you so social media has a bajillion uses and i i think it's a great tool what about you lynn what are some good uses that you use well absolutely i i agree with everything you've said And I think that one of the key things to think about social media is that when you've already built a relationship, social media can enhance the relationship. So just to your point, you stay up to date on events and activities in the lives of your family and friends. It's a form of voyeurism, you know, and and gossip, which, you know, maybe they sound negative, but they can be a really good thing in certain circumstances. So for an example, I use social media to post the memorial services for my father and my husband. And it was made it really easy for those who needed to attend virtually to do so. I mean, it was a wonderful tool. And, you know, as an example, one of my good friends did not receive, you know, through uh, mail, the postal system, the the notification and the invitation to my husband's service. And she also didn't, the announcement didn't make it into her feed, right? So she decided she hadn't heard from me for quite a while and she was wondering what was going on. So she checked out um, my 
my social, my main Facebook page. And she discovered that, whoa, you know, my husband had died. And she just picked up the phone. She called me to make that deeper emotional and personal connection. And I'm using this as an example to illustrate the point that without the foundation of your relationships, um, social media can be very superficial. And it is an absolutely wonderful tool to stay informed about companies, topics, people, to make that world a lot smaller, uh, to drive a conversation. And to your point, Rachel, you touched on it. It's a really perfect resource for research and instructional videos or um, directions uh, that really help minimize a learning curve. I use that, use social media quite a bit in this way. And and for some very basic things, even so an idea for recipes for the evening. There's several channels and uh, people that I follow for that. And it's when you recognize that social media is a tool and it's a tool to augment the foundational relationships that you've already created, it's a tremendous resource. Uh, Tina, what would you like to add? Thanks, Lynn. I think you and Rachel have have uh, really covered most of the personal relationships and such that can take place on social media. It it really is a, a basis for sharing information. It's also an excellent tool. Um, all of them are excellent tools to reach younger audiences that don't necessarily um, want to talk on the phone or or uh, subscribe to newspapers and that sort of thing. It's a great way to share information. Um, in the same vein, it's good for traffic alerts and criminal alerts. It's great for fundraising and crowdfunding, bringing attention to uh, problems or, or causes. Uh, it's also a terrific way to, uh, to promote uh, businesses and um, to gain like audiences. So I think all of those are, are excellent uses of, uh, of social media. Those are some great examples of how social media can be positive and helpful. What should you consider before posting on social media? Lynn, what would you say? Okay, I get the tough one to start here. So in my opinion, you do not need to post everything you do all the time. It, it's just overwhelming. And to be perfectly honest, it's irritating. Uh, the same thing goes for nonstop bragging. You know, every post should not be about puffing up yourself. Uh, to put others down. Uh, forcing your political or religious views on others is unnecessary. I don't want to say in any way that you can't be passionate about the things that you believe in. That's not what I'm saying here. This goes to another point about being a hater, being disrespectful, and just plain old mean. Um, it's sick and it's wrong. And it's important to especially consider your feelings before you post. Um, when you're angry and upset, you risk posting something that you're going to regret. I feel a good rule to follow is if you would not say whatever you've written to someone in person in a civil and respectful manner, then you should not be posting it. Um, one thing to consider is you should absolutely think about how a current or potential employer would view your posts. Companies are investing in psychological profiling based on your social media footprint. 
And they use that when considering promotions and new hires. So once again, in no way am I implying that you don't want to make a stand and share your passion for the things you value and believe in. The key um, is to maintain compassion and respect in your words and your tone. Rachel, I know you have some really strong thoughts on this. Um, let's love to hear them. Oh, thanks, Lynn. And I agree with you that um, you should probably not post something that that would be rude or disrespectful. I would advise that when you're feeling strongly emotional about something, especially when they're negative emotions like anger, um, to wait, sit on that, write it down on a post-it note, and then think about it before you post it. Just give it an hour and um, see how you're feeling then. So something um, that I would like to address and take a different twist on was what Lynn was saying about um, forcing your political opinions or your religious views or just constantly puffing yourself up. Um, I would say that, yeah, that I mean, I agree that those things can be very annoying to view on your social media. But then again, it is your account. So I would say that if you want to use your social media accounts in that way, you can. I mean, it's something to consider that perhaps some of your friends won't enjoy that. But this comes down to compartmentalizing um, what you're posting. So what you're going to post on LinkedIn is different from what you'll post on Facebook, from what you'll post on Tumblr or Reddit. There are a lot of different platforms that you can use. and that's a good way to start compartmentalizing. So perhaps um, with your Facebook, that's where you're connected to with a lot of your old friends and your family. Maybe that's not the place for certain kinds of conversations, certain kinds of statements. Um, but you might have a different platform to, to post those on, such as, I mean, I would use Tumblr for that myself. Um, so do consider the way you're compartmentalizing. And that's a really important thing. But as Lynn was saying, you have to make sure that what you're posting doesn't come back to bite you. So think about what your grandmother might say if she saw it, if she's able to see it. But more importantly, what your boss might say, because even if you have your privacy settings um, down to private so only friends can see, there's a good chance that uh, hiring managers or your boss might find a way to, to view those things anyway. So do be careful. And I would say that a final consideration is um, the data that you're putting out. So actually just today I was teaching a class on the way um, the, your data is sold and traded and bought for advertising purposes. Um, and you know, based on your just your likes on Facebook, the pages you like, you like and the statuses that you like, they create, can create an entire profile about who you are. And, you know, maybe you just don't want certain things advertised to you, or maybe you don't want certain things findable in the great big conglomerate of dark, I don't even, you don't, we don't know what's happening with the data, so, or where it's going necessarily. There's no transparent path that you can see about how it's being bought and sold. So do be careful about that. Um, and just make considerations on, on those levels. Um, Tina, I'm sure you have a lot of interesting things to add. So what would you say? Well, I have a few things. Thanks, Rachel. I think the first thing is responsibility. I mean, what, what should you consider before posting? There's a responsibility to, um, to the information that you're, you're putting out there. 
to whom are you are you saying it? What are you saying, and and why are you saying it? I the number of folks that that think it's interesting for everyone to, to know where they're eating at a particular place and time. I mean that's that's fine, and you're promoting the restaurant and promoting a good time, but too much of a good thing is just is too much. And once something's been posted, it's out there, right? I don't know that once once it's been posted, there's not really a way to pull that back. So to your point earlier, uh, Rachel, that if you're not in the right frame of mind when you're posting, you might want to think about it. You might want to sit on it before lashing it out there. Um, and with social media, there really is no privacy. Um, there's a lot of oversharing that takes place, and that absolutely can affect, as, as Lynn mentioned, um, your job opportunities, even college entrance uh, reviews, taking a look at what that social media footprint looks like. Um, but it, think about the relevancy of, of what's being shared and with whom. Could it be hurtful or cause harm to someone? Um, I think that those are all, all considerations while we are consciously posting to social media. Thank you for these valuable tips on posting on social media. How does social media affect interpersonal relationships? Tina, what do you think? Well, I think social media has created a shift in our methods of communication. Um, I, I, I think that social media allows for a lack of interpersonal relationships, a lack of conversations, because um, it's a little freer to be online. You know, sometimes people want to be anonymous, and, and if you're not actually looking at the other person and talking, it's a little easier and freer to, uh, to share. Um, personally, I think it can lead to more shallow relationships because they are, they're, they're not necessarily as uh, two-way conversations taking place and, and learning. You're sharing a lot, but not necessarily reading and relating to. It's, it's a lot of sharing of, of your own opinion. I think it can lead to isolation. I think it's a terrific platform, unfortunately, for bullying and also for sharing misinformation. Technology addictions, I mean, 30 years ago, we'd get up in the morning and fix a cup of coffee, read the paper, or whatever your morning routine would be. And today, I think research shows that many of us, the first thing we do is check our smartphones, check the, our emails, social, the Facebook, or just to find out what, what is going on. Um, and we have such limited non-technology-based activities today. And that leads me to ask, what original thought process do, do we really have? Uh, so I think that social media has definitely had an effect on on all of us. Lynn, what do you think? Well, absolutely. I, it can have a profound effect on the foundational relationships you've built, um, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, if you use social media for a personal rant uh, against a friend or family member, um, not only will you potentially permanently damage that relationship, but you risk a detrimental impact on your interconnected relationships. And this goes back to what we really talked about, to think about what you're, to be, take that responsibility and think about what you're posting. Um, the same thing if you're experiencing a challenge with someone, I, I think you can only truly address it by having a conversation with that individual. And that's not posting about it on social media. It, it could be that you're able to, you know, talk it through using, you know, like messaging or you 
<laughs> do the old fashioned thing and pick up the phone and call them and talk to them about where you're having some conflict and how you can work it out. Um, and that's not a, really a solution that you necessarily can achieve through social media. Uh, it's one that it's, it's that interpersonal connection and having that deeper relationship. So it's not social media that's affecting your relationships. It's your actions. So you need to own it. You know, when you celebrate and appreciate the people you care about, you are injecting positivity and affirmation into yourself and others. Um, and social media is a wonderful tool to enhance your interpersonal relationships by, by sharing your activities and your events and by giving thanks and expressing your love and joy. Uh, Rachel, what would you like to add? Thanks, Lynn. I really like what you said there about it's your actions, not the tool that you use. Um, you know, in my experience, social media has been a huge aid in maintaining and building personal relationships. So obviously, as we've discussed before, it's a great way to keep tabs on people, to catch up, um, to stay up to date, and it can be fantastic. So if I post something, for example, I posted a picture of my cat when I adopted one, and suddenly I had people that I hadn't spoken to in a long time commenting, saying, hey, that's really cool. And I was able to start up some conversations through the messenger um, to talk about about you know what's going on in our lives and that's been really great um i would say that uh you can even build new relationships through social media as i have done so um back in 2013 i made a tumblr account and um through posting certain things about particular bands i started a conversation with uh, another woman um and we started messaging and then we started Skyping and she would send me Christmas cards and she lives here in Ireland where I've moved so I've seen her a few times now and it's great to finally have face-to-face -face contact with someone with whom I've been speaking for years and that's a lot of fun and she's a great friend of mine um, so I think that social media can be an incredible way to build and maintain interpersonal relationships um, I think that Tina makes something of a good point when she says that it can be very superficial and that I think that when you're limiting your personal relationships to social media that can be um, that can be quite superficial you know posting a status and commenting on it or whatever that may be that's not going to be a great way to have in-depth conversation you'll need to move that to messenger then perhaps calling them and then meeting face to face that's the way that you can really build those those relationships but I think social media is a fantastic platform to jump off of um, however, as Lynn was saying, you don't want to necessarily post, or not necessarily, you don't want to post um, negative rants about people. Um, I think that a common thing that I've seen on social media, especially Facebook, um, is what I call vague posting, which is just when someone's saying, you know, just talking about a negative situation, like, I guess some people don't appreciate these kinds of things, and they're just, they won't say who it is, but they're just blurting out negativity into the world and then everyone around them is wondering, oh, is that me? Who are you talking about? It just creates a lot of drama and a lot of negativity. So in that way, it can be very damaging to per in per personal relationships because that way you're not just damaging the relationship with whom you have a problem, but you're damaging several other relationships and it's just not very impressive to the other people saying it. 
as Lynn was saying, those are those are conversations that you need to have in person or one on one at least to figure out what you're doing. Um, also, back Lynn's answer to the to the second question um, about you know not constantly puffing puffing yourself up. Again, you do have to consider how your use of social media might affect annoy or offend some of the people that you're connected with. So, I mean, it certainly can be used to damage things, but I think that responsible use of social media can be a great boost to interpersonal relationships. Thank you all for your insights. This has been a great discussion so far. We have time for one more question, and we have one from Penelope in King George, Virginia. Penelope asks, my Facebook friend list is way too big. I've got nearly a thousand friends but I feel guilty not accepting a friend request from someone I've met, and I also feel bad deleting them. Am I obliged to accept and keep friends? Lynn, how would you answer Penelope's question? Oh, well, you know, I don't want to read too much into your question, Penelope, but it sounds like you may have some trouble with boundaries and being too anxious to please. So that my take on it, you should never limit on, there should never be a limit on the number of friends you have. I think of it like love. It's an unlimited resource and you can always make more. Um, friendship is the same. Uh, there's an old adage that you can never have too many friends. I certainly embrace that and believe that. And in regards to social media, once again, I may be reading too much into this, but it sounds like you may need to exercise some discipline in the friend requests that you accept. Yeah, I recommend assembling a mental checklist to run through as you consider accepting new friend requests. Is it someone you want to get to know better? Will you be seeing them on a semi-regular basis, such as PTA or gym class, where you have the, the opportunity to develop the, your relationship with them? Are you involved in an activity or an organization you want to learn? Are they involved in an organization? activity or organization you want to learn more about or are already interested in joining? Um, or is this some perfectly nice individual you randomly met once during a Pokemon raid? Um, I think the answer to your question is obvious when you think about it. Uh, Tina, what are your thoughts? Well, Lynn I, and, and Rachel both know that I'm not a, a big uh, Facebook person. I'm, I'm trying to understand it better. But uh, when, when you say you have a thousand friends, it's like, my gosh, that's a, that's a lot of friends. And I, I, the question that comes up for me, is it about the number of people that are within your network? Or is, is it about the people that are within your network? And um, if, it, if it's about the people, then I think that you have a much more discriminatory approach to whether or not you want to accept someone in your in your network. Uh, if it's about the number of people, then I would imagine it's okay to, to accept anybody and everybody. So uh, that would be the the, uh, the the screen I would put on that and the, the, the lens with which I would I would try to answer your question. Um, is is it about the number of people or is it about the type of people? There is a social phenomenon. There's a phenomenon that's taken place because of social media, um, and they're called bots. And they're electronic pieces that infiltrate social networks. And you think that they're people when, in fact, they're they are robots. 
and they are designed to make products look better than they really are, to make products look as if, and, and uh, causes, look as if people are, are really interested and out there and, and, um, and liking them, if you will. And they create friends when they're not actual contacts. So they, they, these bots can even swing popular opinions. They're very dangerous, um, but I think that when you're looking at um, at those individuals that are asking to be friends, keep that lens on and see if they're they're people that with whom um, or if they're within your network and they're people that that you actually do know through your social circles or are these complete strangers that have just shown up. And then again, are you into the number of people that are there or the the actual the relationships that you can create with the people that are within? your network. Rachel? Thanks, Tina. Um, Penelope, it, I think what you need to ask yourself is how you want to use your Facebook page and your profile. If It sounds to me like for you, you would like to be using Facebook in a more personal way, talking about your personal events and feelings and to be able to make connections with people rather than using it as a way to advertise your personal brand or whatever it may be. So with that in mind, if, if that is how you want to be using it, then you do need to be a little more choosy about who you accept as your friends on Facebook. I mean, personally, what I do is I, I do what I call a culling of my Facebook friends pretty regularly. Every six months or so, just whenever I get in the mood, I scroll through my friend list on Facebook and unfriend people who I never speak to anymore or who I never really spoke to. I often make Facebook friends when I move to a new area and I'm trying to make new connections and then I find that a lot of these people I spoke to once and I never spoke to again and in that case I will unfriend them as well. It's just a good way to think about it is not to make yourself not feel so guilty is that they're not adding anything to your life, and you're probably not adding anything to theirs either by showing up on their Facebook news feed. Um, so, you know, you, you'll just be decluttering their news feed if you never speak and you have no personal connection. And on the other hand, you also have to consider the fact that many people that you unfriend won't even notice that you've unfriended them. A lot of, I mean, I'm sure I've been unfriended by many people, and I never had any idea because we don't... We don't mentally keep track of all the people that we're friends with, um, unless they're someone who's particularly significant. Now, if you unfriend, um, you know, someone that you speak to every day and um, you interact with regularly on Facebook, then yeah, they're going to notice, and you'll need to be more careful about that. Um, but for the most part, nobody's going to see that you unfriend. It's not like they get a notification when you unfriend them. So um, that's something to consider. And about feeling guilty not accepting a friend request or deleting someone, if you ever get asked in person about um, by someone who sent you a friend request, like, hey, I sent you a friend request a couple of weeks ago and you never accepted it, what's the deal? You can just very easily say and explain to them, I keep my Facebook friends limited to my close personal friends and my family. Um, that's just what makes me feel comfortable. And that person should accept that as, as a reason. Um, and maybe as you two become better friends, if you do, maybe you will become Facebook friends and that'll be that. But 
Facebook is a tool for you to use whichever way you want. And if you're not comfortable having all those friends see what you're posting, then it's time to to limit your numbers. Well, not not even concerning the numbers, but time to get rid of the unnecessary people, right? So that's my advice to you, Penelope, and I hope that helps. Thank you, Lynn, Tina, and Rachel. I hope your advice helps Penelope and anyone else facing similar social media crises. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petit to Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitdequeen.com. 